As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Break up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! Amazon Prime's Premier League dress code revealed. Where does human civilization go after a perfect hat trick of own goals? What's the threshold for being in the wars? Pandemic football analogies revisited. Very slightly over aggressive Scottish goal commentary in La Liga. Joe Cole correctly guesstimating the genesis of the footballing phrase Farmers League. Can a net rustle? The return of armband mania. How Cameron Jerome helped end 2,695 days of hurt. And yet another tribute to Peter Drury's intercontinental melodrama. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 138 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all for the adjudication panel is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, Interesting one from listener Josh who says that during the Palace-Chelsea match, the commentator on NBC in the US said Patrick Vieira was a man who knew a thing or two about fouls against Chelsea. Of all the (laughs) knows a thing or twos we've covered on this podcast, I'm putting that at the lower end. Of the spectrum. That's that's very specific. Mm. I mean, I guess there there isn't like an iconic Vieira foul against Chelsea, is there? But by the law of averages, I'm sure I'm sure he's right because they played against each other a lot at a time where Vieira was fouling a lot. So um, yeah, just about accurate. He could write an 800 word piece on fouls against Chelsea, no doubt. Anyway, welcome to you alongside you for this one. Since his last appearance on Football Clichés, he has interviewed Roberto Carlos. He's written the definitive history of drinking post-match wine with Alex Ferguson. He's rated every nation shirt at AFCON. He's written a review of Neymar's documentary. He's written a history of Roy Hodgson versus Harry the Hornet, decoy penalty takers 
and Mame Biramjuv having to go in goal for Hate Spore. Welcome back to your spiritual <laughs> home, Nick Miller. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much the athletics. Uh, yeah, he'll do it, correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for you, yeah. is all I'm saying. Thank yeah. God for you. Uh, good work and welcome back. It's going to be great. Today is going to be great. The adjudication panel begins with a document seen by The Athletic. Now, we mentioned <laughs> on last Thursday's episode the various dress codes of Premier League broadcasters, Nick. Um, I have shared with you what appears to be the official dress code for Amazon Prime Video. What are your first takeaways from this fascinating secret and confidential document? Well, I mean, two <laughs> things. Uh, this, this list is separated into... Do's and don'ts for the mm. male. We've only seen the male um, oh, yeah. guidelines for this. We, uh, the female guidelines, obviously, closely under wraps still. <laughs> but it's divided into do's and don'ts, and the among the don'ts are no trainers, which I thought was an absolute hammer blow for the football pundit trainer industry, which, as mm. we all know, has been kind of rampant in recent years. And the other thing that I really enjoyed was no animal prints, which um, just the, the hugely enjoyable thought of like Joe Cole or someone like that wearing <laughs> leopard skin leggings or something like that, but then do, turning up in them but then being told, sorry, Joe, can't yeah. wear those. <laughs> Definitely rules are rules. on the side of caution with that one. Charlie, um, a rather confusing element of this, which seems a little bit too pernickety for me. Thin knits under a jacket slash blazer are acceptable as an extra layer of warmth, but paying attention to one's shirt collar if the knit is worn over a shirt, ensuring it sits correctly within the jacket lapels and isn't distracting to the viewer. Bloody hell! Is this yeah. anything you have to worry about? This is, I mean, you're going to have a lot of subjective calls, aren't you? Mm. You, you? You fear and, and you know, does hark back to this, we want consistency. And you, can you get that? Maybe you can. <laughs> Maybe if the rules are strict enough, that, that is what they're going for. All we ask is one or two collars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Smart overcoat yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. again, I mean that that's borderline because if you're wearing one of those jackets that is more practical, you know, is it smart enough? Is it more just to you know, keep you dry? Yeah. Uh, no yeah, seasonal I mean, considerations here, to, I can see. No allowance is made for that. No, um, it's this is it's pretty pretty smart. I mean, you know, they're they're not they're not messing around yeah. here. Avoid more than two or three main colours in an outfit, Nick. <laughs> Can't be too careful. Yeah, I mean, this is very the the, the sentence there um, isn't distracting to the viewer. Is very much the kind of overarching theme of all this, isn't it? Mm. I also like the specification: smart dark tapered trousers, which rules out ruling out the boot cut, um, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I'm very deeply troubled to discover recently. Are, are back the the boot oh, cut yeah. trousers are, are back in fashion. Mm. Yeah, um, jeans jeans are very much a soccer AM thing, I think. Uh, yeah, but also, it's also said, uh, among the don'ts, no ties. So they're kind of, they're really sort of, it's it's a fine line. They're going really going for the smart end of smart casual. Mm. Um, but well, that's, no tra- that's, that's more or less what we said Amazon Prime's dress code was, Charlie. So we thought it was towards the more kind of casual side of things, a little bit more easygoing. Less than the suit and tie diktat or yeah. at least it feels that way uh, with Sky. yeah I mean also with the multiple colours I mean we talked about Alan Shearer's famous <laughs> iconic different coloured <laughs> collar on his shirt I mean that's already you're using up a couple of your colour yeah. allowance <laughs> don't waste them in, in one item <laughs> um, so it would be interesting yeah if a kind of 
whatever that was, 2010, Alan Shearer had applied for a gig at Amazon Prime. I really want David Seaman to rock up on Amazon Prime, Nick, wearing his uh, goalkeeper shirt from Euro 96. <laughs> See what they make of that. Oh my God, how many how many of these rules was that? Uh, well, that's branded, isn't it, for a start? It's, it's branded. It's yeah. definitely more than two to three colours. <laughs> God knows what the colours like. Yeah, we'd, uh, undecided on the. I mean, y- y- you would you'd have to you would be able to pair it with a formal shoe, so that you, mm. that would probably no, definitely not. That you know that would rule that out as well. My God, the mm. absolute absolute carnage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, glad to have opened that narrow window into a world that very few people get to see. Uh, next up, I feel like this has to be top of our agenda, and it feels like Charlie something that could only have happened in the late knockings of Sunday night as the as the football weekend starts to starts to peter out. As a self-contained, unrepeatable act of football, I cannot imagine this ever being beaten. This is Michaela Moore's hat-trick of own goals for New Zealand against the USA in the She Believes Cup. In the same half, one with the left, one with the right, one with the head. Uh, it's it is to, in 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 a weird way football perfection. Isn't that even? Doesn't that even meet the German specifications for a perfect hat trick? <laughs> like lo- the ludicrously hard. Don't they have to be uninterrupted and in the same half? <laughs> so, I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, it is what this is the kind of Martin Palermo yeah. moment, isn't it? Where you know that's just always going to be referenced, and the 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 one instance where that happens. Mm. I um, Nick, I just, I just once I once I gathered the information that three own goals have been scored by the same player in the same match, let alone the same half. I, I had to go and find the footage. And, it, and something, sort of, something sort of almost Yuri Geller-like came over me as I started to watch it. I thought, I bet this is a perfect hat-trick. In fact, it's going to be a perfect hat-trick. I know it will be. And it was. And I, and it, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't overreact. I just thought, this, is, this was destined to be. How unlucky can one person be? Well, I mean, firstly, when you said Yuri Geller, a Yuri Geller moment came over you, I thought you were going to admit to being over the ground in a helicopter and you <laughs> actually kind of directed all these own goals. You moved the ball. You moved that the would ball. Be cruel. Three goals. That would and be you, cruel. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well that's, this is the other thing. I don't know whether this is just a you know, maturing of the football debate or whether I'm just getting soft on my old age. But I went very, very quickly from going, oh my God, three own goals in, in one half to feeling desperately sorry for for her. It's just, I mean, it's no it's, question. It's, it, on the, it's not quite Loris Carius in the kind of things that you're never going to recover from that have happened in a big football match, but it's 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 up there. Yeah. Hopefully more freakish. I mean, Carius felt like the sort of natural culmination of years of being quite shaky, whereas you hope this is just one of those you can uh, write off. I mean, the thing is with this as well, you'd think fair play because you might be like, I'm not going anywhere near my own (laughs) penalty box, which admittedly would be a dereliction of duty. (laughs) But I think a lot of people would just be like, I I can't I can't after the two have gone in I can't go anywhere near because clearly I'm being more of a hindrance to a help but, than a help just the next outside. cross it's, that comes into Michaela Moore's penalty area I it's, all eyes are going to be on it is is all exactly I'm I mean yeah. like with that penalty fair play to Palermo for get for going up for the third one mm. because surely by that point you're just like my confidence is shot here well just, I mean Nick at least she's finding herself in the right positions though right. <laughs> Is that the absolute? Yeah, want- she was she was subbed off shortly afterwards as well, wasn't she? The absolute yeah. definition of the mercy substitution. Yeah, definitely. Just, um, just on on the Martin Palermo thing, uh, former 
Middlesbrough. Have you Fog- interviewed him yet, Nick? Uh, no, well, uh, well, <laughs> you say that. Former Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest ace, Britt Asombolongo, playing in uh, Turkey, obviously, mm. at the moment. Um, at the weekend, he scored twice and missed two penalties in the same game, which is, oh, wow. which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, what a weekend to do it! Slightly overshadowed, very much the uh, yeah. It was like when yeah when Bonacord won thirty six nil and someone else won thirty five nil. Terrible <laughs> weekend to do it. Terrible weekend to do it. Um, I mean, I did think Charlie that this was unprecedented, even in its basic form. But then, of course, the uh, the stats nerds came out of the woodwork and uh, revealed that Stan Vanden Boys apparently scored a hat trick of own goals for Germinal Eckeren against Anderlecht in nineteen ninety five. This defines him. This apparent act defines him so much that it forms 70% of his Wikipedia page. Um, but as his Wikipedia page rightly points out, footage appears to show that while he scored two own goals, the third was in fact put across the line by an attacker. And I've studied Ooh. the footage and it's, it's, it's not, even, not even close. It's definitely a goal for the striker who nods it over the line huh. after Van den Boys had nodded it over his own goalkeeper, sort of Pollock style. So it uh, doesn't even count how... How people haven't nailed this down already. So, um, so that Michaela would have been Moore. hilarious if the striker had just Shep not touched <laughs> it and just shepherded it over to, to complete this guy's hat. Knowing I mean, full well. <laughs> but also, the I mean, the, the if we're applying the logic of like the dubious goals panel, if the the effort was going in anyway and it was just you know mm. helped on its way, then mm. uh, you know how how are we classifying? This? Should work in that direction, shouldn't it? I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, um, but yeah, Michaela Moore has her place in history. No question about that. On this point, people keep mentioning... I saw one report cite that infamous 2002 Madagascan League game, which ended 149-0 after one side kept scoring own goals in protest. Not having that. Deliberate own goals under protest are not funny and they're not exceptional (laughs) and they're not not mind-blowing. So not having that in the same same situation, same conversation. Go away. Not having it. Enough from you, Madagascar. Yeah, exactly. Stop ruining our fun. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, you know, as unprecedented as it was, we have some more familiar ploughs to furrow on this podcast, Charlie Eccleshare. Here, once again, is Sky Sports' Gary Weaver. But looks to be on target from Danny Ward. There's Dwayne Holmes as Huddersfield spring back into life. Toffolo, Kearney defending, and then Swift Goldwinton in by Danny Ward! Right, what's coming? They have planted a flag. He's reignited his career in a Huddersfield mm-hmm. town shirt! They're a team who don't fear any place right now, and they've taken control on Fulham soil. Got the soil That's in the there. cousin, is it? Yeah, yeah. They have taken control. It's this. It's an obsession. Yeah. I mean, is it? I mean, I've always wondered this with commentators. It's interesting because most of them generally avoid catchphrases and that sort of thing, or at least I think they try to. But he knows. He must know. No, of course, he knows. But what's his what's his obsession with soil? Because Nick, on on my first couple of listens, I thought he'd said Huddersfield have taken control of Fulham soil, as if this was some sort of um, agricultural dispute from the eighteen oh, hundreds. Is that is that not what he said? I no, he says control on Fulham soil. Oh, oh that's less that's less good. That's less in his normal. I'm ninety nine percent sure anyway. I, 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 there's only so much uh, linguistic analysis you could do on this, but I'm pretty sure it's an N and not an F. Yeah, it's it's kind of it, it, it's a shame because if if he had said of, it would have been part like like someone who played Risk too much as a kid, and part like wannabe football hooligan taking the, the opposition's that like, terrace or territory or something like that. 
Should we have another little listen to it? Just to make sure. Because if it is of Fulham Soil, then it's a whole different thing entirely. Let's yeah. have another little listen, shall we? And they've taken control of Fulham Soil. This is the problem. When the team's name begins with F, no one's ever going to know. Is it on Fulham Soil or of Fulham Soil? It is on, but the bit before the, they fear, what is it he says? They fear no place. <laughs> like so, so there is still that preoccupation, that obsession with, it is very risk. It's very, you know, we've rolled into Yakutsk and we've, we've, we've taken <laughs> over here. Uh, also, I mean, I, I know that Fulham are obviously the best team in the championship this season and, uh, you know, beating them or scoring a goal against them away is, you know, but if there's ever a ground that no one is scared of, that ever, ever <laughs> that a ground a that is, section. yeah, the, the absolute opposite of a febrile atmosphere, it's Craven Cottage. Yeah, if, you, if you've seen the coffee van at, at Craven Cottage with their Italian wafers, trust me. They have stormed into southwest London and planted their flag. By the Thames! Any, yeah, any ground where the, one of the key attractions of it is the pleasant walk along the Thames beforehand. Yeah, that's not, you know, it's not They've fortunate, breached the Thames. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter to Gary Weaver, that's all I'm saying. Next up, uh, this is pretty much a slam dunk for this podcast. Not as horrendous as I first feared. Let's listen to David Seaman's advert for Safe Style. I'm delighted to welcome to the Safe Style team, David Seaman! Uh, any questions for Dave? Might be a great goalie, but why are you right for us? Well, you're UK's number one for windows and doors. I was England's number one. You're a safe pair of hands. I am safe hands. And like you, I love making great saves. Lucy, you still got that dodgy ponytail? No, that's gone. I just love it in this if one of them really did interrogate his qualifications. Like, <laughs> no, but, but David, sound bites aside, do you have any experience in this area? I mean, in glazing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm hearing a, a lot of l- lovely phrases, but not re- I still don't really think you're that appropriate for this role. That would have been more, even more funny. There's one thing at the very uh, the kind of near the start of that clip, and I hope this was actually on the clip, and it wasn't one of you two just kind of throwing it in. There was a chuckle. They threw in a completely <laughs> that needless was me. chuckle. That was that you, was, that oh, was Charlie. <laughs> yeah, sometimes his impressions are just so good you just don't know. And um, the weird thing about this effort, Nick, is um, you know it's it's a pretty straight down the line kind of celebrity um, selling themselves up kind of advert but there's there's something about his delivery of his lines in a good way which is kind of like sort of extras like it was almost like he had his own episode on extras it it's not a bad delivery of his lines it's pretty good yeah he's i mean he's done he's done the task that is uh, put in front of him <laughs> just perfectly i mean you, mm. you know he's not going to he's not going to win any awards for this is he <laughs> but uh <laughs> Are there awards for kind of celebrity they must be. ads? They must, they must be. Yeah, Hopefully Kevin Keegan presents them. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, I might be reading too much into it, but as I watched this this advert, I got a slight sense that they got the kind of the cheaper package from Seaman in this respect. Like he obviously said to them, right, I'll do the holding up of the gloves. You can have that, but I won't do the chuckling. <laughs> chuckling will cost you extra. <laughs> or, yeah, I won't have like lots of balls fired at me while I'm trying to <laughs> save them or something. 
Yeah. No it, naive jokes. I yeah, won't back pedal. Oh my god. Don't make yeah, me imagine, back pedal. Yeah, yeah. That that if they really, really went deep into his back catalog. Yeah, like can we maybe about that whole Ronaldinho? No, okay, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, Would that's you cool. David, is, is there any chance that you uh, you may grow back your mustache for this? Yeah. No, okay, no, that's absolutely <laughs> not, not a problem, not a problem. About wearing yeah. a false ponytail. Again, okay, no, that's fine, absolutely fine. We're getting what we're paying This for. isn't this isn't paddy power. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> David Seaman right up there with Sunis as man who may or may not previously have had a moustache, but still looks like he should have one. Like there's a big gap in his face and it should have a moustache there. It's just to the point where I wouldn't have been able to tell you, I don't think, that he doesn't have one anymore. I still mm. in my head I'm so that that's burned on my It's yeah, it's amazing how it dominates that real estate on someone's face. It's mm. that forever. Yeah, exactly. I hope that was deliberate and our producer just popped up that video again <laughs> of David Seaman's face as if to remind me, no, he does not have a moustache anymore. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, good. Thumbs up there from producer Abby. A sensational start to her. Cliches debut, may I also say. Um, next up, a uh, question from listener Ed Barker, Charlie. He says, after Leeds versus Manchester United, what is the criteria for a player to have been in the wars? Mm. I, I put it to you as a benchmark, a minimum of two separate injuries that needed the physio to come on and treat them, but still playing on. Head wound optional, but preferred. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. The first one's good because... And it's a very specific type of thing, isn't it? When the physio has to come on a second time, and he's sort of just like, ah, it's just not. It's, <laughs> it's still, it's still not right. Mm. Physio comes on. Yeah, I mean, any sort of gash, I think, as well. Like if if you're drawing blood. Yeah, I think that's useful, isn't it? But if it's the same injury, Nick, like that's not in the wards, is it? Like, it has to be separate incidents. Separate. I mean, wards plural for a start. Yeah, it has to be separate incidents. It has to be. I think it has to be separate injuries. I think a, a, some kind of torn item of clothing would would do, like mm. A, mm. maybe a, a ripped shirt, or maybe even like that thing where someone rakes down your sock and you tear. Oh yeah, mm. and the 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 injured party points to the hole in the sock to the referee and said, "Look what he's done! Look what he's done to me!" Something like that. But they, do they have to go off eventually, Charlie, or, or are we allowing them to stay on? I think that's okay. Yeah, it? I think they can stay on, and and wars. that's yeah, that's uh, he's been, he's been in the wars today, but. You know, popped up with an important goal. Surely, it's, surely it's better if they're staying because they can continue to be in the wars. Yeah, you can't be in the stay, wars if you've gone off. You want to stay in the wars, like much many demographics um, around us. Nick, could you be in a singular war? Could you be in one war? No. Uh, they find themselves in a war. That's different, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's that's a like a you know Football, a, a, a running. That's a running battle. Yeah, running battle. Running battle. Do love a running battle. Dog fights. Any other sort of. World War Two era. I mean, something not even necessarily running, but th- that's that's a battle. That's been a battle today, or that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, yeah, key battles. Yeah, it's yeah. not 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 necessarily a World War Two thing, but the the when a a uh, a team is under siege. Um, oh, mm. my, my a particular favorite of my dad's is um, the Al- It was like the Alamo. Yeah, that's, that's, that's been used in a in a football autobiography. I remember reading it. Was, <laughs> it was like it was like the Alamo in the second half. What's the, the threshold for Alamo? I'm saying ten shots. <laughs> it has to be double figures in a half within one. Or, half. or is it a concentrated period of time? It, it's like concerted think, spell of pressure. I think it can it? be either. But it's like the Alamo. It's here. like the Alamo. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like 20 minutes in the second half when you're defending a 1-0 lead, something like that. 
but yeah, it, we, it was like the Alamo there, but we escaped with only a 2-1 first leg defeat. So it was still all to play for in the second We're leg. all Gary Weaver now. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like, yeah, what other, what other world war is there? I mean, you've got planting a flag, you've got taking control of someone's mm. territory. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's everywhere. Huge overlap. It really is. It really is. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Here's something else that just won't go away, because uh, for Shadow Health Secretary Wes Streeting on Sunday morning, this pandemic is far from over. Well, I'm particularly concerned about the end of free testing. I mean, it's a bit like being 2-1 up with 10 minutes left of play and subbing your best defender. We are not out of the woods yet on COVID. So uh, we know that testing is popular. It's a crucial defence. And and ending free testing now is a bit like being 2-1 up with 10 minutes left of play and taking your best defender off the pitch. Nick, what do we feel about this analogy? Uh, I'm saying to you right now, wouldn't happen. Just wouldn't happen. Teams wouldn't do that. Not as a tactical choice, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Unless he's been in the wars, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. Van Tam's going to be fuming, surely. Yeah, this is this is sub-JVT rubbish, isn't it, Charlie? Well, it's just, it's not... He's He's got half the way there. You could say... <laughs> This is like being 2-1 up and you've got a big game coming up and and, and in, in an act of complacency, you decide to give your striker a rest for the last 10 minutes or something like that. Right. But who, who at 2-1 up is like, <laughs> yeah, take off defender. our best defender? I mean, what, what possible reason would you have to do that? Well, maybe, maybe our reaction to this exemplifies just what he perceives as the idiocy of scaling back the measures. Maybe he thinks, you know, teams wouldn't do this and nor should the government. Perhaps that's where he's going. Maybe he didn't make that entirely clear, but I'm, not, I'm just not convinced of his football mm. knowledge credentials. But, Nick, Wes Streeting, it's quite a football-y name. Where would you place him? I would put him getting a straight red for Cheltenham on Soccer Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking a, a kind of League One striker who scores 15 goals in the first half of the season gets a move to an like a... Uh, an upper championship club and then sinks okay. like a stone. Weird streeting. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Charlie? I mean, I, I love that, that red card shout to the point where I, I can imagine, I feel like <laughs> I have seen that on the ticker. And an inert, like a 23rd minute red card. Yeah. Um, Weird streeting. Weird streeting. I mean, po- aggression 20 on championship. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think he'd possibly be a centre back. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a good footballing name. Once I thought this, I thought this episode had petered out itself. But then Kay Burley got her teeth into it on on Sky on Monday morning. Labour are saying it's like being 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go and subbing your best defender. Risky, in other words. Mm, I love a rugby um, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's annoying. That's annoying, isn't it? What is that? Yeah, 
she's well, well firstly what, why are they just sort of filming her in the office why, what's the what, <laughs> what is like informal little setting as they tee up the show that's on the way i think right yeah but yeah so here's what's coming up on today's show she she's she, she's making she's making a joke she and she wants to she wants you to know she's making a joke as well. She is football literate, as I understand it. So yeah. I think it might have been a knowing glance at the end of that. Picture. Yeah, yeah, it's 100% a knowing glance. Yeah, yeah. Too oh, knowing okay. Like oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah. so I've got to give her more credit, do I? Yeah. yeah. But there is a big difference between 2 0 and 2 1 as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah that was crucial. Yeah, that was definitely a misspeak, I'd say. But um, maybe this is them wading into the debate about whether two 0 is actually a dangerous mm. league or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be yeah, the extra layer of COVID analogies would be delving into that debate once and for all. But um, sad to see as JVT ends his spell as deputy. I know. Have we been thingy. spoiled by him? You know, for, mm. for a time it was we had it so good, and then it's kind of reverted to. Game of Two Hearts. I mean, that that is obviously an advance on Game of Two Hearts. This whole two one oh, thing, yeah. but it's just uh, just dis- disappointing to see the execution not quite there. On that point, actually, uh, Charlie, um, during Storm Eunice on Friday, one weather reporter described it as a storm of two halves, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, which didn't quite meet the threshold for meeting the cliches, Pod. But uh, now you mention it, like uh, but yeah, I mean, it can just be deployed anywhere. People don't question it now. That's just the state of mm. affairs we're in. The state of affairs we're in. Right, next up, Nick, Ed Quoth the Raven writes in and says, the summariser during the EFL on Quest highlights of Wickham versus Cheltenham referred to defending from the Keystone Cops playbook. The last Keystone Cops film was made in 1917. Surely the panel can update this reference for us. <laughs> Still sticks around, doesn't it, the old mm. Keystone Cops? It's, it's, it's up there in the references of things that you haven't seen, but you absolutely know what it means yeah, yeah. as well. Who is, uh, I, I mean, I, I couldn't have told you what the Keystone Cops were, when they were from, when the last film was released, but you know what it, what it means. Which I think is so. really useful. I think, I think it, it serves an important purpose. It's a bit like, for me, the Benny Hill soundtrack. I don't really know very much about <laughs> Benny Hill at all. I don't think I could tell you anything, but I know exactly what that is and what, it, what it's shorthand for in football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for that reason alone, plus the fact that I don't think any, any of us three could come up with a better, more modern, fitting equivalent or you know, more suitable analogy for it. So Keystone Cops remains. I think. I think it's fair to say. Um, long may it continue. Um, I like. I really like this one. I've been looking forward to sharing this with you. This is Luis Suarez doubling Atletico Madrid's leader Osasuna in rather spectacular style. But my question to you and to everyone before we listen to this clip: At what point does the standard good goal commentary intonation just become? A little bit too aggressive. Caught underneath it a little bit on the counter now. One ball, defence to attack. Luis Suarez, that's in! What a finish! 2-0! Brilliant! Absolutely brilliant! <laughs> Someone slightly softens it towards yeah, the end, Charlie. He... But for the rest of it, it's like he's shouting it out of a cab window. Or he's just, yeah, he's getting up and up and up. And only with that final bit does he... Sl- it's like, OK, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. I've come down! 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 We're finished! That is fantastic. Just chill out, Mark Donaldson. I mean, Davis used to do employ this sort of um, chastising thing a bit, didn't he? Which was which was yeah. brilliant. But yeah, that's just all out aggression. I mean, Nick, you can kind of see where that kind of grey area is between you know imp- impressed kind of enthusiasm 
and and it, and you can kind of understand where aggression comes into it because it's an emphatic thing, especially for a goal like that, sort of you know, sort of spanked home from forty yards over the goalkeeper's head. But I just genuinely think it, it's about four or five percent too much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Brian Moore was had an element of aggression to him. You listen, mm, listen to growl. The, yeah, yeah, the the the, the Brian Moore growl. Hmm. Yeah, and the, the you know it's up for grabs now. There was char- Thomas charging through the midfield. There's some real growl and aggression mm. in that, but it's as you say, just the right side. Whereas, I'd, uh, you know, I'd really like to listen to it one more time, please, Abby. <laughs> That's it! What a finish! Two 0 brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Shut up! It's a goal. It's like he's making a point to someone who's wronged him. That, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It seems very yeah. directed to somebody. I yeah, don't know he's, why. He's a kind of he's only a, a very small step away from just turning someone and going, "Get in your fucking beauty." Yeah, exactly. It's quite Suarez it's energy, just, to be fair. That sort of that just angry defiance. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was his acca. I don't know. <laughs> There's also something really incongruous about the the so you got the main camera angle of that clip, and then it cuts to that weird two. So real, it's unreal. Camera style. Oh, the 4K. Yeah, something or other. Yeah. They, they're using in um, mm. in Spain this season, which just adds us another element of um, <laughs> surrealness to it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mark Donaldson, carry on. Uh, I hope you're all right. I hope everything's okay. Is what I'm <laughs> but fine, carry on. Uh, next up, question from Ethan Henson. Charlie, quite simple. Is Casper Schmeichel the most he was offside and in my eye line claiming goalkeeper of all time? <laughs> I loved this question when I saw it. Yeah. I mean, that is such a great observation. He, it, That is so him. I mean, I, I feel like there was one last year he scored an own goal against Spurs. And he was raging, and it was like it was one of those you're like, you're angry, but you're not really sure what you're angry about. But there, there must yeah. something must have happened. I can't have just scored a weird own goal. <laughs> yeah, it's like the radical arm of the goalkeepers' union. Everything <laughs> is not our fault. But Nick, if it, it, this, he may or may not be the answer to this question. But um, what I what I'm pretty confident about is that he's unquestionably the most running back to his own penalty area with an excessively serious look on his face after a desperate and unsuccessful attempt to influence a 94th minute set piece goalkeeper of all time. <laughs> is that the nichest thing you've ever come up with? <laughs> it's up be. there. It's up there. Um, I, I did. Uh, yeah, I did notice this myself when I was watching the game yesterday. And he, Casper Michael always reminds me of. Um, Danny Baker had a line about, I think it was Peter Shilton, where he said Peter Shilton used to blame his defence when penalties went in. <laughs> and that's, that's a, I'm always reminded of that when Casper uh, goes off on one. I'd yeah. also put him quite high on the list of being involved in a, we're trying to get the ball back after scoring. Oh. Like he, he, would, he would absolutely love that. And I, I, can imagine, I, I can imagine him getting so annoyed that he, rather than letting the guy have the ball off him, he sort of just punches it away or punches it into the <laughs> yeah. ground or something. Uh, hoofs it into a place that even the camera can't be bothered to track and you always wonder where's that ball gone Mm. has he cleared the stand with it cast iron booking as well he's just excessively alpha and one of my favorite Mm. moments of the season was when liverpool and leicester it must have been the league cup though they leicester beat them in a uh, sorry liverpool beat leicester in a penalty shootout and casper was giving it the whole you know big i'm the big guy Mm. i'm going to intimidate you kind of thing didn't save a penalty but then um (laughs) keevan kelleher who looks like a sort of slightly wet university challenge contestant just did did absolutely nothing stood there and uh, they uh, liverpool won the 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 shootout it was glorious (laughs) yeah the goalkeepers getting this come up and seems to be a kind of a regular feature um that we can all enjoy next up uh, ahead of chelsea's champions league meeting with lille the athletics dominic fifield met up with joe cole 
And uh, he was reminiscing about his year in Lille, Charlie. And this quote caught my eye. He says, I was blown away at how good the league was. People have been telling me it was a farmer's league. Uh, A couple of people (laughs) have said, did the phrase farmer's league exist in circa August 2011? It's close thing. I is what did I'm wonder whether that was an anachronism. I have to say, it's like it should be on IMDb as a goof, shouldn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, they weren't wearing the uh, that particular. Model it's always of a watch. watch. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you want, <laughs> I hope that synced up well enough. That you could hear that. That was perfect. But yeah, Zulu, isn't it? With the with the um, the warriors are wearing all wearing the sort of Rolex watches that they were given in the film. This, yeah. In this medieval battle, they they, they wouldn't have had. Casio watches. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's that if, if you were being generous, you might say it's that it might have been around in the circles he moved in, even if it wasn't such a ubiquitous sort of Twitter phrase. That's eminently possible. It's eminently possible. Nick, uh, there was only one place to consult for this, uh, which was obviously Twitter. So I had a little look, had a little dig around. There were early rumblings of the phrase Farmers League from the start of Twitter in 2006, but it was exclusively from actual farmers' leagues. <laughs> at, that is in leagues, unions of farmers uh. in uh, in California. So as amused as I was by that, that doesn't count. Um, so I had to race forward all the way to March 2011. So this was about six, five months before Joe Cole made his move. Uh, and someone tweeted, this is the Premier League. Not the Farmers League Division 20. Shocking. The pitch looks like the cows have been grazing on it. But even then I thought, that's not quite a direct enough reference. It's, that's just someone saying that the pitches would be rubbish in the mm. lower divisions of a, far, of a Farmers League. So, you know, directly referencing agriculture. So I thought we need, we need, we need to find, dig a little bit deeper to find the genesis of this. This was December 2011, just after Joe Cole had moved to Lille and someone tweeted to Leon Knight, once of Brighton and Chelsea, I think he's a <laughs> but to be fair, he's England captain and you play in a farmer's league. Hashtag real talk. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. That's it. The first ever mention on Twitter of farmer's league in a derogatory context. I uh, I always wondered whether it had something to do with that um, Cronenberg advert that Eric Cantona did. You know the one oh, yeah. where, he's, of course. where he's pretending he, the, 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 the conceit is that farmers are the footballers of yeah. whichever area of France it is, yeah. and then he pretends to be a farmer. So, I, I, I mean, it doesn't really make sense, but I just I always wondered whether there was some connection with that. It could be. I mean, we've discussed Farmers League on this podcast before, Charlie, about, you know, why wouldn't they be good at football? But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's good to know that, that Joe Cole's move to Lille did roughly coincide with the emergence of this phrase. So he's safe. He's still he's still top of the tree in our eyes. Yeah, and and it's it's a, even if it wasn't straight around it's a fair enough approximation. You know, we we can we can allow him that. Yeah. You might have glossed over it in retrospect. That's absolutely fine. I also did enjoy Adam that it kind of came hot on the heels of uh your imagined Joe Cole's reflections on that his time good, at Leo. Yeah, I'm I really mean, pleased. But the time of that was amazing. It was like the uh, when we were discussing Sebastian Bassong and how he absolutely would be the pundit for the Nor- for a hypothetical Norwich Spurs game, and then soon enough, <laughs> there he was on the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium pitch, previewing the game. 
Driving the narrative, Charlie. That, yeah. That's what's happening here. That's what Driving the narrative all the way to the top 10 UK football <laughs> podcasts. That's what we're doing. Next up, perhaps a more open and shut case for us. Michael Wheeler simply asks, can the net rustle? He was onside. There may have been other yellow shirts that were in an offside position, but Pookie certainly wasn't. And you won't get many more better opportunities than that. That was a, it was, a, it was a, the game-defining opportunity so far. He needs to put that in the back of the net. We need to see the net rustle. Can Nets rustle, Charlie? <sighs> Feels right. <laughs> I, I think they can, but not when you score a goal. I can imagine maybe, can a net rustle if you hit the side netting and you kind of hit a little bit of the net? You know the sort of ones that, well, some one section of the ground thought that had actually gone in. I, I wonder <laughs> if a net can be rustled in that context. Nick, you're waving the waggly finger of a man who has strong feelings about this. I don't know. It just feels like uh, rustling. It feels like something you should hear rather than see. The rustling of a crisp crisp Mm. packet. Yeah. So I think a net can rustle, but you can you say that in like a that was at Liverpool, wasn't it? So the Anfield, very loud atmosphere. Can a net could rustle it like a Sunday league game where there's no crowd and you can hear it. Mm, mm. But can the net rustle when you can't hear it because of the... A deep philosophical question. I'm in a state of real confusion about this because rustle does feel like a word that does get used in this context and yet it, it serves no purpose whatsoever and is literally incorrect. So do you think, Charlie... I'm hesitant to say this as an alternative, but do you think he was actually just... He just meant ripple. He meant ripple. Maybe. Ripple. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, and, and Russell, it, Russell kind of works in a kind of onomatopoeic sense because that's it feels like that's what a net should do, but I feel like Ripple is what he was after. Yeah, I'm, Jonathan Woodgate. I mean, Russell. Oh, so the the return of the, the uh, yeah Jonathan the speed, Jonathan Speedboat Woodgate. Woodgate exactly. He's he's setting the agenda. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're being really micro on this, you might say, are there certain goals that Russell the net if they, I don't know, almost they touch the net and then. That you know they're not net, yeah they're in. not netbusters basically but right. obviously he's not saying that he's not saying that that's what they need to do they just need they they specifically need a goal that rustles maybe mm, the more we're saying it the more I'm just hearing ripples <laughs> the more you say the word rustle the more incorrect it sounds but it it just tantalisingly sounds correct Nick it was like he could just completely get away with it yeah one of the, it's very much in one of those things that was probably wrong. But sounds about right. So well, also yeah, there's fine. there's the buster. Who's here to set the laws? It, is it I mean? a kind of hype because there's like a net buster? Uh, so mm. you've got the buster, you got the ripples. What somewhere about in the middle, that, a chip that goes <laughs> in and sort of slides down the back of the net. There's a phrase for that, isn't it? It's sort of. But I get that's that's a that, that's also not really. Is that possible in your modern day boxy square nets? Do you not need a, a, a more Just angled? about. Yeah, it can just about happen. Like um, Letitia against Schmeichel, did that kiss the back of the net? Maybe not, mm. maybe not. <laughs> Schmeichel is probably very angry about it nonetheless. <laughs> uh, but that's enough rustling from us. Thank you very much. Nick, I put it to you that FIFA laws dictate that every weekend of football must generate at least one story which can reasonably include the words spare a thought for. Uh-huh, yep. This week's spare a thought for candidate was a, a Chilean gentleman called Jovan Kestinich and his friends travelled 7,414 miles from Santiago to Lancashire to watch Blackburn and indeed their hero, Ben Brereton-Diaz, against Millwall, only for Brereton-Diaz to be ruled out through injury and then the match to be called off at 2.15pm. Is that... That's, that's well up there on the spare of thought for scale, isn't it? 
Yeah, because two fifteen is crucial. That's, that's quite a crucial time because they would have had that. That is a real one-two punch because they would have had when the teams were announced at two o'clock. They would have had the initial disappointment of him not being in team. Yeah, and then well, you know, at least we'll we'll we're here. We'll see a proper English football game. No, it's off. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you're there. You're at Ewood. Yeah, at two fifteen. But presumably the the that's a spare of thought for. It. But presumably the the um, defender who scored three own goals. That's too kind of egregious a case for sparing a thought. Surely, I don't know, Charlie. I think I do. I do spare a thought for Michaela Moore. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the, the this. It's too frivolous, isn't it? Spare a thought for is that is that fair to say? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not sure you would. For, I think you're right. to, to, to use the the previous example, I don't think you'd spare a thought for Loris Carriers. No. Yeah, because I think the, the key thing with oh, spare a thought is that what it lends itself well. I love to, this podcast. Yeah. I love it so much. There, there'll be like <laughs> for thousands of you know Blackburn fans or whatever it is, there was a huge amount of frustration at the game being called off at the last minute. But spare a thought for Duda. Whereas I don't think there were going to be, you know, there were thousands of defenders who scored a hat-trick of own goals this week. <laughs> but spare <laughs> yeah. a thought for the one where it was a perfect hat-trick of own goals. I think there has to be, that it leads into that quite nicely. I think we need to refine our spare for thought. Um, I think it's always preface, Nick, with um, putting a scenario on you. Have you ever turned up to mm. something and it's been cancelled? Well, spare exactly. a thought for this lot. And it's, it's pretty much always fans. I'd say 80% of spare a thoughting. Is for fans. Spare a thought for the brave couple who... Da, 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 da. I mean, I say this as someone who wrote a spare a thought piece earlier in the season, and I've literally just got up to see if I, <laughs> if I use did. those words, spare a thought. I actually managed to avoid those exact words, but the sentiment's very much there. Try this getting begs... there from Texas, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> well, this begs the natural next question, Nick. Are indeed Jovan Kesnic and his friends hardy souls? They're hardy souls, right? But yeah, def- are they? Because they don't go to Blackburn every week. They're just one off. No, but they've they've travelled thousands yeah. of miles to go to a Blackburn game. That's quite hardy. Well, if it was an away the game, intrepid pair, and they were sat really high up at St James's or something like that, that it's, would be the hardiest thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, of the same family. But can you spare a thought? You know, you always occasionally hear those stories about people who booked ticket booked like flights to the wrong place or something <laughs> for, for a game. Can you spare a thought for them? Or no, fucking stupid. <laughs> How could that? How does that happen? Unless they just want to become viral for about yeah. eight hours. Well, I do wonder yeah. now. There must be a bit of a thrill for people when the game is cancelled. Their eyes must light up and be like, "There are a lot of thoughts are going to be spared for me," and that could be quite yeah. fun for fifteen minutes. Next time a game's called off, I'm going to book myself flights from somewhere <laughs> else and then claim that I made the journey and uh, see how viral I become. All's well that ends well, though, Nick, as I'm legally obliged to say, because Jovan got a picture with Brereton Diaz on his crutches outside Ewood Park. So This feels like the, the natural combination of the story is that, like the classy touch of a signed shirt or something. Did, did, do we know if he, he got, got a video that? message on Twitter? Yeah. Right, okay. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. On to more mundane matters, though. The continuing obsession with the armband, Charlie. Well, it continues. Mm. I'm surprised in what I've seen here. So Lacazette's been taken off. Eddie Nketiah has come on. Because Lacazette's captain, he's given the armbands to Nketiah. Nketiah then goes to Xhaka to give it to him. Xhaka says, I don't want it. Very, very surprised. So then Nketiah puts it back on. I think he then tries to give it. He's still got it on Nketiah. He's thinking, I feel uncomfortable giving it. He's now trying to pass it on again. Who's it going to this time? It's going to Kieran Tierney. Look, there's a couple of minutes to go. You're winning 2-0. Does it matter? <laughs> the surprising part of that, Charlie, is, is Jeff Stelling declaring that it doesn't matter. But um, as ESPN's James Tyler tweeted this weekend, England really has a romance with that bit of elastic that says captain on it. Maybe it was a combina- combination of things here. The the armband being handed around and the fact that uh, Michael Dawson, who's a very armbandy mm, man, yeah. <laughs> just couldn't... Couldn't understand. I just think as, as, as a player, you know, it, it, it does matter to us. You know, it, it, it does. There's no getting away from that. Yeah, I mean, I think he, of all people, he is going to be pretty high on, on how much that would bother. I mean, I wonder how much that even would have been reported by some people because it is, it's such a clear sort of storm in a teacup. But yes, it, it is still an ongoing, an ongoing concern. Well, I mean, it, it did get reported on, Nick, because Sky Sports News like reserved a whole sort of two, three-minute segment of chat about it the next day on the sofas about this wow. armband. It's like, bloody hell! <laughs> I, I don't want to get too... I don't want to distance myself from it too much. I, I am I'm still partially beholden to armband culture. I've captained a team. I know what it feels like to pull on an armband. I don't want to go too continental about this, but we, we shouldn't care. Should, should no, uh, well, I mean, again, I think I've said this on this podcast before, but if we're going to start ripping into people for overly uh, analysing <laughs> minutiae of football, then you know, um, I said welcome back, but no. <laughs> <laughs> what I quite what I like to in particular about Dawson is he, is he introduced elements of the Andy Gray having a conversation with himself. Yes, and he's he said he's he's given in the armband, but he said he doesn't want it, and he just kept it on. And what uh, uh. Um, was it? Close, the closest we're ever going to get, Charlie, to the confetti. I was going to say, clearly it, misguided it, it, confetti analogy. It feels a lot. It's very much in there being handed around like confetti. Going up to Shaka at a wedding, handing confetti. I don't yeah. want it. I don't, it's too, too messy. I don't like <laughs> yeah. it. The rice gets in someone's eyes. Just and the venue don't like it. So could you not? It'd be great if you can do it. Anyway, there we are. Right, big question, big big question for you, Charlie. I could share with your photographic football memory. What were you doing on October the fourth? 2014. What were you up October to? October 2014. Yep, good question. I was doing, at that time, it was shortly before I joined the Telegraph, I was doing freelance shifts at the Standard and the Mail. Mm, okay, so you're probably on some sort of match day duty. Oh, day. God. Is, Nick, this, I- is, is this something I've written that's been unearthed? 
No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is your life. Don't worry. Uh, Nick, I imagine you were probably still reeling from the news that Stefan Löfven had replaced Frederick Reinfeldt as Prime Minister of Sweden, that the Obamas had enjoyed a date night to mark their 22nd wedding anniversary, and a flight from New York to North Carolina had been delayed after a shipment of crabs had escaped from the cargo hold. <laughs> yeah, I remember it so well. <laughs> we all remember where we were. Uh, I won't prolong the tension any further. October the 4th, 2014 was the one and only time in history that Connor Wickham, Cameron Jerome and Saido Berahino had all scored on the same day. Until now! Whoa. <laughs> 2,695 days later, it happened again. Nick, what a, what a meeting of footballing subcultures and sub-obsessions this is. Incredible day. Also, an incredible day for footballers you were you sort of hadn't really realised we're still playing. Yeah. Yeah, 2,695 days, Charlie. This was first time around. Connor Wickham had scored for Sunderland against Stoke. Cameron Jerome had scored for Norwich against Rotherham. And Sider Berrino had netted a penalty for West Brom away to Liverpool back in 2014. Then, this weekend, on a Saturday, Connor Wickham scored for MK Dons against Sunderland. Cameron Jerome scored against West Brom. And to complete this mm. ludicrous football circle of life, Saido Berahino scored against Doncaster, whose nearest neighbours are Rotherham, who Cameron Jerome had scored against 2,695 days ago. Can you, you could, believe it? If you took that to a Hollywood scriptwriter, I mean, <laughs> who worked this out? <laughs> did Me you, on Soccer Base for 10 how minutes. Did you, but what, what prompted it? You, you saw one and then you saw another. You're like, wait a minute. I saw it sort of all pop up on Soccer Saturday slash Twitter, and I thought, uh, surely. I mean, I was celebrating, first of all, the fact that these three strikers, Nick, had scored, you know, within minutes of each other, because it was a wonderful harking back to the mm. glory days of, of football. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> it didn't take much encouraging to look it up, is all I'm saying. Just uh, Cameron Drome, by the way, is a bit of a sideline. He, uh, and a similar idea to the Sooness slash semen moustache. Cameron Drone now has short hair, which mm. looked looked absolutely wrong when I was watching the, the highlights of uh, him scoring for Luton. just looks completely wrong. Mm. Charlie, where do we go from here? I mean, do you think it'll ever happen again? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> might take another 2,000, however many days it was. Well, you wait, you wait 2,695 days for Connor Wickham, Cameron, Jerome and Sider Berrino all to score on the same day and then presumably two weekends are going to come at once. Yeah, quite possibly. Who would be the fourth player you'd, you'd chuck in to that, to make that Trinity a quartet? I was thinking uh, Nathan D'Alfonso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe one of the Moore brothers or is that they're too early? Oh, they, I think they've, they've descended down the pyramid. Yeah. Is, is Salmon still, still knocking around? Is it Connor Salmon? Connor Salmon. Yeah, he's up there in the old Scottish leagues. Yeah. <laughs> still, still. I think we've discovered Adam. I think we've discovered Adam's version of Haley's Comet here. <laughs> this comes around. He just comes around very rarely, but he's sat there waiting for it. And there we were thinking that Michaela Moore's hat trick was the real unprecedented event of the weekend, <laughs> but no. Well, I mean, this wasn't unprecedented, but yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. I always think to myself, Charlie, what really does define a great advert for the Premier League. And we might talk about certain combinations of events in a football game, a game that has everything, a game perhaps like Leeds Manchester United in the mud, you know, all that sort of stuff. But maybe the answer is more simple than that. Maybe the answer is simply Peter Drury 
after Harry Kane had scored the winner against Manchester City. Not heard this. Davis. This is classic Premier League drama. Already doing it. Kane. Performance of heart from Tottenham Hotspur. Romero, whose heart was broken. Doherty. Romero. Bentancourt. Space ahead of Kulusevski, who set a rolling eons ago. The sort of commentary that can only lead to a goal. Isn't it? In by Kulusevski. Kane! That is <laughs> extraordinary! He has gone and stolen it back! Melodrama upon melodrama! City thought they had saved it. You are never saved! Face to face with Harry Kane, and Conte has found the way. Pep's pain. Kane's utopia. A couple of things jump out there. One is the pit. You don't normally hear Drury's pitch going quite that. But also when he said, like, because normally he's so good at teeing himself up for alliteration. When he said melodrama, mm. he was waiting in Manchester or something. It's really, oh, right, really yeah. surprising he didn't. Something of a yeah, he sort of teed himself one, yeah. up and then elected to pass. Mm, but I mean, if you get to use the word upon, you don't you don't pass it up. Um, as a side note from this footage, Nick, uh, which everyone saw on uh, on Saturday evening, um, it, it was that kind of uh, juxtaposition of Pep Guardiola looking crestfallen and Antonio Conte doing his what I now believe is a trademark goal celebration because he does it for everything. If they went one 0 up against Norwich, he would turn around <laughs> and sort of. But if you if you took it in isolation, just completely ripped it out of context, Conte's goal celebration, it looks like he's just sort of witnessed something absolutely horrible. <laughs> and he's running away from it as fast as he can, like a real horror, uh. like his entire family being blown up in front of him or something. <laughs> oh, well, he's seeking comfort in the arms of his assistants. <laughs> yeah. it feels like it feels like his coaching staff. That if you've worked with Conte for a while, you know what's coming. So you sort of you would gather together kind of strength in numbers to cope with the, him charging towards you and kind of knocking you over like he's an enormous Doberman or something like that. He's also the, the, the I think the manager with the, the greatest like disparity between the absolutely uncontrolled like emotion and yeah. uh, excitement of his celebration and his post-match mm. interviews or press conferences always extremely deadpan. I mean you know, Charlie will know will know this very well but it it's it, it feels like it's not the same man who's uh, charging around like a like a lunatic and then just goes into the press press, press conference and says well, something ev- every answer is started but mm, honestly and it just kind of <laughs> le- leads in from there but yeah no absolutely it's no. it's such a weird contrast I kind of sympathise with the impulse for Conte, though, Charlie, because um, as we noted on a recent Mesut Harland Dicks, some people do have this kind of preclusion for for turning around and hugging whoever's behind them at football. So Conte's just doing the manager equivalent of that. It's just kind of, I need to hug someone immediately. Immediately. I must find someone. And and it's always behind him. He's got to go He's got to go behind him. Technical area rules. Share this moment. You're right, though, that turning away. That it is like a a child who, when they see something they don't want and kind of run away into kind of safety. (laughs) It's great in slow motion because watching him turn on a sixpence in sheer horror and delight at the same time is truly wonderful. But the uh, the Peter Drury delights didn't end there because this was melodrama upon melodrama. Here he is at the final whistle. And the procession became a race again. Pep's Manchester City beaten in the Premier League for the first time in 112 days. 
amid the sort of drama that is so rare as to be so precious. Harry Kane <laughs> with the goals that counted and Spurs off the back of a rotten run have come here and ripped up the champions on their own patch. Breathtaking Premier League drama picked the bones out of so much of that. It is why we love our league that more that bit of commentary had more endings than the lord of the rings it's incredible <laughs> that's incredible because when he says pick yeah. the bones out of that it, that sounds like the, go on lads in the in the studio yeah. but yeah, there's yeah. so much more to go <laughs> Peter, if you could give me another 15 <laughs> seconds or so, that would be great. <laughs> but I don't know. At a rough count there, Nick, I may have to listen to it again in my own time. But at a rough count, I'm counting about six Drurian, classically Drurian inflections there, where he talks like this. And it just goes in that trajectory. As to be. As to be. As to be. is so Drury. The one, that's the wonderful thing. If you're Just going back to the previous clip, he... he he had reached a real kind of fever pitch when Ben Davis had the ball on like the yeah, halfway line. Yeah. Understandably, because it was like because it was a, it was a you know his injury time. It was quite a dramatic moment that just City had just scored the penalty. But with most other commentators, you think well, he's, he's got nowhere to go from here. But that's the, the there's the beauty of Drury. He's always got someone to go somewhere to go from there. Absolutely right. And the more I the more I kind of witness these Saturday Sunday explosions of Drury, Charlie, what emerges to me is that as you kind of sit through the rubble of any big Premier League game, is that he now appears to be kind of the global gateway for, for a certain audience. I mean, the UK audience mm. don't hear Drury because they'll have, you know, Hawthorne or whatever on Sky. But, you know, for swathes of Africa and presumably Asia as well, Peter Drury is the voice of the Premier League. And that's what I seem to be getting on Twitter is they kind of worship mm. him now. Yeah, that syndication thing. Like, he is... And is he, am I right thinking he's often doing it without a co-com? Uh, no, Beglin's alongside. Is Beglin there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, unbreakable duo. But he, I'm sure sometimes it's well, it certainly sounds like that sometimes that it's just, you know mm. you don't it feels more it is the Drury show. I do wonder if that softens the blow, Nick, of of not being you know one of the lead guys on the main broadcasters in the UK at least. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of picture Drury doing tours of like <laughs> Thailand or something like in, that. in July. <laughs> Doing some sort of low key commentary just to warm up for the season. Yeah, he's, he's when if he commentates on like the Premier League Cup or whatever, it, <laughs> then you know he's got showing off his new mic. Yeah, <laughs> crowds of people outside his uh, outside his hotel. Yeah. You know those like those footage you you see of like the Beatles or something in yeah. the in the sixties where they just can't leave their hotel. I bet. I bet. It's Drury. The Beatles. Yeah, the sixth Beatle. Could be. Um, <laughs> Charlie, sorry to disappoint you slightly. There'll be no keys in grey corner this week. Okay. Um, I could have clipped it up. I couldn't actually be bothered. Um, so I'm going to have to leave it to yours and everyone else's imagination. Uh, a conversation about what Richard Keyes has suggested be called Dry March, <laughs> in which Manchester United's players stop all their social media to focus on their bid to finish in the top four. <laughs> I mean, it had all the classic kind of. You know, they don't need. They don't need but they to don't post need all this no. stuff, do they? Well, wasn't this? Wasn't last year the during the blackout of Twitter? 
where oh, Andy Gray sought clarification. to WhatsApp. Yeah, <laughs> he sought clarification that you could text his family. <laughs> yes, yes, no, that's absolutely fine, Andy. Uh, no, was, Andy. The, no. The, the idea that he couldn't he couldn't text anyone. That's absolutely fine, Andrew. Yeah, this is the the absolute peak of the of a, an uh, an ever giving genre of things that distra- are supposed to distract footballers yeah. from the <laughs> task in hand, as if it, the, the natural extension of which is they did absolutely nothing else other than train and play football, <laughs> then everyone would be you know yeah. If you're focused enough, then you're going to get that yeah, top four. Live like monks, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for joining us. A triumphant return for you. Cheers. No problem. Uh, Charlie, a great display from you. Surely one of the best by any individual in football podcast history. Yes. Well, I mean, if this is a reference to uh, a tweet of mine that got a lot of flack that I stand by, (laughs) I will take what you're saying at face value and, uh, yeah, absolutely take those plaudits, as Harry Kane should be. How many people asked you what you were smoking? A lot. Yeah. What, wow. and self- Why is that the go-to thing now? Yeah, I think ever since what, the, what are they smoking at the Emirates has really yeah. legitimised that. Yeah, I mean, a lot just straight out asked, is it crack? <laughs> you know, really narrowed down as to whether that was what I was smoking. Oh. But um, I sympathise with you. I sympathise with you. It's, it's a hard thing to, to pin down for anybody, whether you, with, no matter what your allegiance is. So uh, ignore them all. Ignore them all. Your photographic memory is, is enough for me. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, if anyone, I can literally recall every single Premier League performance by yeah. anyone ever. So yeah. if anyone's qualified to make that claim, it's me. I'm sorry, have you watched all 30 episodes yeah. of Premier League years? Don't think so. Exactly. Don't think so. I have. I have. Um, anyway, <laughs> cheers to you, Charlie. Thank and you. cheers to you, Nick. Farewell. And cheers to everyone for listening. See you later in the week. Bye bye. The Athletic. <laughs>